Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you hookers of habit, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me as always is Carla Wainwright. She's still a little sick, but that's because we're recording two episodes (laughs) on one day. That's right. So if I sound exactly the same as before, that's why. She's not necessarily on death's doorstep. This is just how we record around these parts. Shit's got to get done. It's in the (laughs) schedule. It's happening. That's right. I'm very proud of us for, you know, in all these episodes. This is episode 145 that we've been diligent about it. We hardly ever fuck around unless there's some sort of tragedy or super sickness. There's been a couple of times that super sickness have taken us out, but we're here. Your radical sex witches. So we've talked on the show before about sex work through history and how women who were sex workers were shunned by society and treated as the lowest of the low. But today, we want to share with you about certain cultures and times in history where trading sex for money was considered a form of worship and put women in a position of power. Starting off with our resident historian, Carla's (laughs) going to get us going here. (laughs) I wonder if some university will give me an honorary, like, (laughs) history, PhD in history. (laughs) Hooker history. Anybody out there? I'd gladly accept. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. Um, Okay. So I know, you know, we've all heard this, this saying uh, that prostitution is the world's oldest profession. So I looked that up and interestingly, um, that saying is not that old. It actually comes from Rudyard Kipling. And what did he write? The Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's like only a hundred years old or something he had, he wrote in some, one of his writings, he talked about, um, he made this mention of prostitution being the world's oldest profession. So that's really where it comes from. But of course, you know, the oldest uh, profession was probably, um, hunting, (laughs) gathering, (laughs) I mean, people were still fucking in between all of that. No, they were still fucking. It's not that people were not having sex. It's that they were not necessarily being paid to have sex. Mm, Yeah. So um, anyway, who knows? The world's still up there for being. It's it's probably in the top five. It's old timey for sure. Um, but you know, there are references to prostitutes in pretty much every culture or society with any kind of recorded history. And as soon as civilization began trading and having, you know, the wealth to be able to spend money on things, certain members of that civilization would accept goods or money in exchange for sex. That's pretty much a certain. So if we kind of say that prostitution is sex for money or goods of some way, uh, sacred prostitution is the practice of engaging in sexual activities that have a ritualistic content or component. So they'd be associated with religious ceremonies or spiritual rites. And the idea is that sex was thought to have profound spiritual implications, and they were considered really 
essential components of cultural or religious belief. So whether it was like to connect with the god or goddess, whether it was to ensure that, you know, positive things would happen like abundance and crops and those kinds of things like there would be, or, or just even celebrating, um, yeah, particular moments on the wheel of the year. Um, sacred prostitution has connections to all of those things. Now, I should also say that in researching this, there are some scholars who don't even think that sexual uh, sacred prostitution existed at all, that that's all kind of made up. Probably dudes. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of, as I was reading, that, I was wondering whether it's because those people have an inherent bias against prostitution in their own belief system that sex work is like negative or dirty or not religious. Trying to erase it by saying it never happened. Yeah. So, you know, I am not a scholar in this area whatsoever. I don't really know, but that's kind of my guess. And so we aren't really going to know. But today we're saying it happened. Okay. That's right. That's what I was just going to say. Exactly. So Leah, tell us about the first recorded example. So it actually takes us to ancient Mesopotamia around 2400 BCE. There were temples dedicated to various deities, goddesses associated with love, fertility, and war, including Inanna. Guess what? We talked about her back in December. Um, And there were female temple servants engaging in sexual relations with male worshippers. Oh, wow. I'm forming a fantasy in my brain right now. Um, (laughs) As part of religious (laughs) rituals dedicated to the goddess. And the sexual aspects of these rituals was seen as a symbolic union between the goddess and her worshippers. It was believed that through these ceremonies, the goddess's favor could be granted, or sorry, gained, leading to increased fertility, prosperity, and protection. And the women involved were granted certain economic privileges and likely had some financial independence within the temple structure. Yeah. It is good fodder for fantasy, isn't it? It really is. Like I was painting a whole picture inside of my brain being like, kneel down, peasant male. (laughs) Your crops will only be good if you give me face for two hours. Start licking. Oh, my God, Leah. What? You start. You wrote this episode, bitch. Now you got to deal with it. Uh, That's awesome. Okay. All right, so um, then we can move to classical Greece, and there would be these festivals um, for the great goddess, particularly for Aphrodite. And so, uh, you know, women would perform exotic dances, and they engage in sexual activity with participants as a means of honoring the goddess of love and beauty. So um, enacting, you know, everything that she was all about. And again, this was also an act to ensure fertility, prosperity, and harmony within the community. So I love the harmony piece. It's like, okay, we'll have sex in this ritual and that will ensure harmony in our community. I'm sure a lot more people would be happy if they were getting laid on the regular, you know, yes. like those, those vibes, those dopamines being like, oh, everything's totally. okay. And apparently, although this is disputed, the temple of Aphrodite uh, had a thousand prostitutes, sacred prostitutes that worked around the clock to make money for the deity. So they would get money and then that would be put back into the temple. If there was any goddess, it would be Aphrodite. Like this all really makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah. Banging for the deity. (laughs) The deity (laughs) deity. Sacred prostitution was also widespread in Roman society. Oh, no surprise. Uh, Especially among the cult of the Sibyl. Is this how you say it? I think so. Sibel, a mother goddess. Her priestess 
Priestesses were dressed in masculine attire and participated in public processions while engaging in, oh, God, self-mutilation as acts of devotion. Not getting so hot and turned on by this one, Carla. Some scholars believe that these priestesses may have also been involved in sexual activities with worshipers as part of their religious duties. And as we know, those Romans were down for anything. They really, truly were. (laughs) Didn't we cover in another episode about the Romans and they had, you know, carved penises in in, uh, some of the stones, um, the paving stones? Yes. Prostitutes this way. (laughs) Grope Cunt Lane over here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the Romans were in in England, so maybe they did have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some special paving stones yes i kind of wish I'd, I'd seen those paving stones in in the asterisks and obliques episode um <laughs> that would have made it a whole lot more interesting when i was a kid although it was just I so super those. subtle in the background <laughs> just a hand and a dick for like that's hand right. jobs and an arrow <laughs> that, that's not appropriate for kids though you know. Yeah, but look at the cartoons we grew up and like the like the subtle adult jokes that were totally in there in the background. That's totally. what I'm saying. They could have slid that in there. They they could have. They could have done. Um, okay, so then we can move to so of course, you know, all the stuff's happening. Greece, Rome, um, Mesopotamia, Babylon, Rome, all of these things, but also in other areas of the world. So Mayans also practiced a form of sacred prostitution. Young men and women would participate in ceremonial sex rites at various temples dedicated to different deities. And these rituals were considered essential components of the Mayan calendar, and they were believed to maintain cosmic balance and promote fertility. Hmm. Yeah. And then in India, there was uh, there existed a class of women known as the uh, Devadesis, who were consecrated into the service of specific gods or goddesses. And they performed dance routines and provided sexual services to pilgrims visiting temples. And I believe that that still exists, but it's very much frowned upon and, and probably, probably I'm quite certain it's not done with the same sacred intent as it was a long time ago. And I think that uh, there's probably some nefarious things happening with young women uh, all you know kind of with the mask of this but um mm-hmm. i do i do believe that that still exists in a kind of in a form that's not so uh honoring no not in this day and age yeah yeah uh so in addition to providing spiritual benefits through sex Sacred prostitutes were thought to have often acted as healers, midwives, and advisors to those seeking guidance in matters related to relationships, family life, and personal growth. So they were like the OG sex therapists. Yeah, and I think a lot of sex workers do that. You know, like some of them- I can see that. They, you know, sometimes a lot of people go see a sex worker because they want somebody to talk to and just be kind of have those intimate conversations with. So this to me totally makes sense. It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, okay, they were having sex, but it was so much more than that. And you're right, the OG sex therapist. Well, yeah, even today, if like someone has, you know, in a committed relationship, but, uh, you know, maybe they want to be plugged. And they don't want to tell their wife, you know, there's yeah. still so much shame on both sides of the coin for sex that like, well, this chick, she's not going to, she's just going to strap this on and do it to me. You know, like there's no sh- shame associated with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm sure they would tell them why. It's kind of like going to get a tattoo and being like, mm, you see this bird, it means this to me. You know, like you just feel open to talk to your tattooist. <laughs> you feel open to talk to your pegger. I said plugger, didn't I? I meant pegging. Yeah. Pegging, plugging. <laughs> It's 2024. We're plugging. Pegging was so last year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you are plugging something. I gotta stop. <laughs> okay, we're gonna keep going here. <laughs> so we're just gonna talk a little bit about that shift that happened from sacred to scorned and stigmatized in prostitution, because there was a very clear shift. And so unsurprisingly, prostitution really began to lose its sacred status as these monotheistic religions like Christianity and Judaism and Islam really began to take hold um, within the world. And so as these faiths gained prominence, attitudes would shift with the practices, you know, that were once considered sacred around sex, they would be called immoral and sinful. And so of course, you know, there would be a gradual decline in Western societies and societies influenced by the West. Now that of course does not mean that prostitution declined because it certainly didn't, but um, but just that kind of sacredness. And I did read something that in Africa, sort of pre-colonization, there were also were a lot of um in these sacred sex rites happening. But then of course, once the missionaries came, that that all stopped. Uh, I, I kind of, I just put a note in here about Mary Magdalene and just, I, I don't know that much about her, but certainly, you know, she was considered in some interpretations that, you know, she was a prostitute, but she was, you know, she redeemed herself through her connection with Jesus. And, and so I think that, you know, like the, the tale about the prostitute had to be somebody who needed to be redeemed or saved in some way. And that's also mm -hmm. all part of that mythology. Um, and also what, what contributed to that shift is that as there were social changes um, and cities grew and urban centers grew, prostitution became increasingly associated with poverty, disease, and criminality. If you think about mm -hmm. um, how cities were, I mean, they're really not that much better today, but um, no. you know, big cities were often really uh, challenging places to live in. And so this shift in perspective led to stricter laws and more social stigma against those in the profession. And so what I kind of think this shows is that, you know, human values and beliefs, they're dynamic, they're always changing. And, and we see this, this is really obvious in the shift from prostitution, from being at one time sacred and really revered, um, being an important part of society, and then to see it become so heavily stigmatized. Um, and then the final thing I'll just share is that there always there are exceptions for wealthy people, people who have power and status. So, if, if, for example, if we look at the courtesans, um, you know, throughout European history, so they're 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 essentially sex workers, right? So the king or or wealthy people, men, let's be clear, men would have courtesans, which were women who are having sex in exchange for status and jewels and clothes and probably money and all of those things, and that was deemed acceptable. But not acceptable, of course, if uh, you know you were of lower status. And something that just popped into my brain, um, you know, you're talking about how religions came in and whatnot. And but what about the fact too? In this very, you know, male, you just literally said rich men seeing that like they could make money off of this as opposed to the money is going to the temples and the goddesses still to this day the number one money maker in the world over drugs is sex trafficking yeah 
Yeah. And men are always trying to stop us from doing something. So you never know where some, you know, some fat cat was like, hey, I can get fatter if I take this from them. Yeah. That'd be really, I, I would not be surprised by that at all. That's just me speculating, but. I, yeah, I think that's that's I think that's really true. And I and I think if we just go back to the religion piece, it's the decline of the goddess, right? So mm-hmm. in all of these cultures, sacred prostitution was connected to the goddess because it was like a rite of fertility and abundance. And perhaps, you know, like uh we've talked about that in the one of the summer solstice episodes where, you know, people would have sex because it would be like the sun god mating with the moon and and all of those sorts of things. So as soon as the goddess was taken away and there's more of that focus on, you know, God as a man and then the power of, you know, men have all the power, then then we see that shift in what you're saying makes total sense. And everyone you just listed, I'm not saying we weren't fucking for certain gods, but every, you listed all goddesses that we were fucking on behalf. Yeah. Bring back the goddess. (laughs) Look at us. Sleuthing through history. I know. Well, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of bringing back the goddess. Yeah. Well, we do want to end with an important takeaway, though, which is the need for empathy and compassion towards individuals involved in the sex industry, regardless of whether their work is seen as sacred or profane. And I know a lot of sex workers, and yeah, they deserve respect. And I see a lot of, again, you fucking men online dragging these women for what they do but then on the sly you're still trying to send them a dick pic for free on the other end of uh the conversation when you're behind closed doors so give them some fucking respect and pay them yep and i i mean you know we've talked many times like sex work is work it's important work and yeah i you know i i think that there is in some ways uh very, very, in a very small way, perhaps, that there is a little bit of a shift from seeing like that as being, um, you know, shameful and stigmatized. And and I wouldn't go so far as to say as seeing it as sacred, but to seeing it more of as like a very necessary part of our society, and it serves mm-hmm. a really important purpose and, and, and is needed. And so, yeah, so perhaps maybe the pendulum starting to swing back a little bit towards it moving from being you know so stigmatized and shameful that's the hope anyway we hope that you liked sacred prostitution (laughs) (laughs) next time when we come back uh it's gonna be our very first bad babe of history of 2024 we're gonna be talking about betty davis and then no not the actress that you we all think of when we hear that name but she was a very prolific African-American singer that is responsible for people like Prince and Rick James that probably wouldn't be around if it wasn't for her. So I'm really excited to talk about her. Yes, me too. Me too. Bring on the bad babes of history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm little Leah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm Carla. Oh my gosh. We are the radical sex witches. And we will see you next time. (laughs) Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, 
and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.